versus Cardo. Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 23 of the Nigeria Football Weekly podcast with me, your host, Oluoke. Today, I'll be talking all things Africa Cup of Nations draw. Um, as you all know, the draw took place on Tuesday, um, and I'll be getting into everything from how Nigeria's group was drawn and who I believe are biggest rivals to look out for, while also previewing the games we'll be playing against. As you all know, the tournament is officially called Africa Cup of Nations 2021, but it will be taking place in 2022 from the 9th of January until the 6th of February. It was initially going to be played in June and July 2021, but because of unfavorable climatic conditions, it was moved to 9th of January 2021. But obviously, due to COVID-19, this had to be shelved back up until a year later. So the tournament will be taking place in Cameroon. Um, and just from the Nigerian perspective, um, it'll be a chance for us to get our revenge on Cameroon, um, who beat us in the Africa Cup of Nations in the year 2000 um, on home soil in Lagos. So with them hosting the tournament, it would be a good opportunity for us to go back and see if we could win the tournament on their own home turf for a change. So Nigeria have been drawn into Group D of the tournament uh, and will be facing Egypt, Sudan and Guinea-Bissau in terms of our opponents. Egypt will be our first game. This will be taking place on the 11th of January. And then we play Sudan on the 15th of January before we conclude our group games against Guinea-Bissau, who we also who we take on on the 19th of January. Now, Egypt are by far the toughest team we'll be facing in terms of our opponents for obvious reasons. Um, and just to give a bit of a preview on Egypt, they're currently ranked 46th in the world. Um, they're coached by Hossam El-Badri. So they were probably the toughest of the second seeds in terms of the, the grouping. So Nigeria were seeded as one of the top six teams in the tournament, which meant that we were grouped. Um, we were not going to face the likes of Algeria, Cameroon, um, Tunisia, Senegal. Um, I've forgotten the other team right now. Uh, Morocco as well. Um, but Egypt, unfortunately, were in pot two, and we did <laughs> pull them out of the pot. So... Not the easiest draw, but anyway, in terms of how Egypt qualified for the tournament, they topped their group with three wins and three draws in a group containing Comoros, Kenya, and Togo, um, including drawing at home and away to Kenya and also away to Comoros. Um, two of their three wins came against the abysmal Togo national team, who are just, yeah, they were really, really bad. Um, and their other win was a 4-0 home win against Comoros um, in the last round of fixtures. So it's safe to say that this Egypt side is nowhere near the powerhouse side of Mohamed Abutrika, who won the AFCON in 2006, 2008, and 2010. Um, but any team that's got Mo Salah is going to be a tough opponent. Um, when it comes to the last Africa Cup of Nations as well, Egypt hosted a tournament in 2019, and it's safe to say that it was a big disappointment as they lost in the round of 16 to South Africa, who Nigeria actually ended up beating in the quarterfinals of that tournament. Um, so that's current situation in terms of how Egypt qualified. 
In terms of head-to-head fixtures, we haven't played Egypt that frequently in our recent memory. Our last competitive tie against them in a tournament was a 3-1 loss to them in AFCON 2010, which they went on to win the tournament. Um, And we also played them twice in qualifying for the 2017 Africa Cup of Nations, where they pipped us to qualification, securing a 1-1 draw in Nigeria and also beating us 1-0 in Egypt. Um, Although we did win the most recent fixture between Nigeria and Egypt, which was a friendly match in March 2019. In terms of key players for Egypt, I mean, the one and only Mo Salah is the man who sticks out like a sore thumb in terms of their players. They've also got uh, Mohamed Trezeguet, who plays for Aston Villa, quite a tricky winger on his day. Mohamed Elneny, who plays for Arsenal, um, as all Premier League followers would know. And also El Shanawi, the goalkeeper. He's probably one of the bright spots in terms of the Egyptian team. Um, so they're looking like our most tricky fixtures, to be honest. Um, but however, I'm sure the Egyptians will also be worried about Nigeria. Um, in recent memory, they haven't performed as well as Tunisia, Morocco, and most especially Algeria in terms of qualifying for tournaments and also their performances on the big stage. So I'm not as worried as Egypt as I think their name makes us feel like we should be worried about them. Um, But that's the current situation. And with us playing them in the first um, game, it's very, very, very crucial that we start the tournament with either a a win or at least a draw at the very least, because we need to finish first for obvious reasons, which I'll touch on very, very shortly. So our second group game would be against Sudan. Um, which will be on the 15th of January. Sudan are currently ranked 121st in the world. They're coached by a Frenchman, Hubert Veloud. This is actually their third straight tournament, um, but they're yet to win a match in the tournament at the moment. Um, So actually, was that for Sudan or Guinea-Bissau? I think that's for Guinea-Bissau, forgive me. Um, It's Sudan's first tournament in a while, forgive me. Um, How did they qualify? Um, We need to be careful about Sudan. In their qualification group, they actually won four of their six qualifying games in a group that also contained Ghana and South Africa, as well as lowly Sao Tome and Principe. Um, Sudan won all three of their home games, including a last-minute winner against Ghana, and they dispatched South Africa comprehensively 2-0 in their last game of the qualification round. Um, Their only other win was away to Sao Tome and Principe, um, and it's the first time they've qualified for the tournament since the 2012 edition. Um, So that's one thing to note about the Sudanese team. In terms of head-to-head fixtures, um, the last time we played them was actually a 3-1 win for the Super Eagles in AFCON qualification for the 2015 tournament, which we ultimately failed to qualify for. Um, And we did lose 1-0 away to the Sudan team in that round of qualifications. Although it's our only loss to them apart from one time when we lost to them in 1963. So that doesn't really count. Um, And when we look at our overall record against them, we've won eight of our 14 ties against Sudan, including winning six of our last seven games against their national team. In terms of key players, majority of the Sudanese players play in the Sudanese league for either a club called Al-Hilal or Al-Merik. And there's a player called Mohamed Abdurrahman. So he's a forward and he scored three goals qualifying. So he's clearly their danger man in terms of Sudan team. With all due respect to Sudan, I know they're well coached and they play really well, but Nigeria should have no excuse for not winning this game, to be honest, especially considering how lowly they're ranked in terms of the FIFA World Rankings. And then moving swiftly on to our final group game, we'll be playing Guinea-Bissau in our third game on the 19th of January. Guinea-Bissau are are ranked slightly higher than Sudan 
in 109th place in the whole world. Um, this is going to be their third straight tournament, um, as I inaccurately mentioned for Sudan earlier. Um, but they're yet to win a match in the tournament so far. Um, how did they qualify? They were in the same group as Senegal, and they qualified in second place after winning three of their games and losing three. They beat Eswatini, formerly known as Swaziland, twice, and they also beat the Republic of Congo 3-0 at home. Although two of those wins that they got were in their two final fixtures of qualification, 3-1 and 3-0. So they've got good form in 2021, and they're one of those teams that you don't want to underrate. Um, they've got quite a few good players also playing in the first or second division in France or the Portuguese league, so they cannot be underestimated. Um, although they're two main players, one of them plays in the Egyptian league and the other one has just moved to the Saudi Arabian league. We've also never played um, Guinea-Bissau, um, according to the records I checked, but someone correct me if I'm wrong. And in terms of key players for them, they've got two players called Jorginho and Piketty. Um, both of those players were their top scorers in qualification, with Piketty clearly their talisman in terms of caps and goals perspective. So he's got like 28 caps and also five goals for his country, while Jorginho has two goals in 10 appearances for Guinea-Bissau. Jorginho, interestingly enough, did actually come through the Manchester City Academy and Piketty plays in the Saudi Arabian League. Um, so those would be two that we need to watch out for. Interestingly enough, I also noticed that Sudan and Guinea-Bissau have been drawn into the same World Cup qualification group alongside Morocco. Um, so they'll probably be able to get a better understanding of each other tactically when they face off in September as well as in November. Um, so that's pretty much our three opponents and just a tale of the tape for who we're going to be facing. In terms of Nigeria to qualify for the Africa Cup of Nations, we won four out of our six games um, and we drew two games to Sierra Leone. Embarrassingly, we drew 4-4 to them um, and also drew 0-0 to them. Um, the 4-0 game was obviously very, very well known because we were winning the tie 4-0 and somehow capitulated to draw that 4-4. So we can't take any of these teams for granted for any reason. As I mentioned earlier, it's very, very crucial that we win this group and finish first. And this is because the runner-up in this group, which will likely be Nigeria or Egypt, will have to face the winner from Group E. Group E contains Algeria as well as the Ivory Coast. Um, so it's very, very likely Algeria would finish top of the group as current champions. So you don't want to be playing Algeria in the round of 16. You'd rather face them in the latter stages of the competition. And if we win the tie against Algeria in the round of 16, if we finish as runners-up, we're likely going to play Morocco or Ghana in the quarterfinals. So that's a much more difficult route to the title. Meanwhile, if we topped the group, we would face one of the third-placed teams from Group B, E or F, which is likely to be Zimbabwe, Malawi, Equatorial Guinea, Sierra Leone, Gambia, or Mauritania. I mean, no offense to those countries, but that's a much easier team to face in a round of 16 compared to an Algeria, for example. And if you were to win that round of 16 tie, we would then play the winner of the round of 16 tie between the runners-up from Group A and the runners-up from Group C, which could either be Ghana, Gabon, Burkina Faso, or even Cape Verde. So when you even think about the route to the final, if you could get those kind of ties in the round of 16 and the quarterfinal, you're already making your life much easier. Um, so that's the tail of the tape and a big, big reason why we need to finish first. Also, we'll be playing all of our group games in the tournament in the same city um, of the Africa Cup of Nations. I think the city is called Garua. Um, forgive me if I pronounced that wrong. 
if any Cameroonians are listening to this. But if we top the group, we would also be playing our round of 16 tie in Garua and also the quarterfinal game in Garua. So pretty much from a base perspective, you won't have to move. It'll kind of be like England having to play all their games in Wembley from the past Euros. So it's very, very essential that we finish top of the group, no matter what. In terms of thoughts on the rest of the draw, Group A sees the host Cameroon play the first game of the tournament against Burkina Faso. And Ethiopia and Cape Verde are also in Group A. Cape Verde and Burkina Faso, I would suspect, will battle it out for second place in that group. In Group B, we've got Senegal, Zimbabwe, Guinea, and Malawi. Um, whereas in Group C, that's probably the group of death for the tournament as it features Morocco, Ghana, Comoros, and Gabon. Moving on to Group E, because Nigeria is obviously in Group D, and I've just spoken about that. Group E features Algeria, Cote d'Ivoire, Sierra Leone, and Equatorial Guinea, while Group F features Tunisia, Mali, Mauritania, and Gambia. So speaking of the group of death, um, it's hard to really say who's going to finish first because based on the rankings, Morocco are the best team in there, but they have a very, very disappointing record in the Africa Cup of Nations as apart from the 2004 tournament where they finished as runners-up to host Tunisia, they've not made a semi-final since 1988 and they disappointingly lost in the round of 16 in the last Africa Cup of Nations in 2019 to Benin Republic. Ghana, on the other hand, have a very, very good record in the African Cup of Nations. They've won the tournament four times, although they haven't won it since 1982. Nevertheless, between 2008 and the 2017 edition, they made at least the semifinals of the Africa Cup of Nations. So most of the time they finished fourth, but they came runners-up twice, and the rest of the time, I think once or twice, they finished third. So you can never rule out the Ghanaians, especially with, you know, my Arsenal boy Partey in there and Mohamed Kudus of Ajax. Um, 2019 was also disappointing for the Ghanaians as they lost on penalties to Tunisia in the round of 16. And Gabon also round up that group. Uh, I mean, any team that's got Bamiyang still has a threat. And um, Boanga of Saint-Étienne. Um, they'll be looking to match their best place finish, which was a quarterfinal appearance when they hosted the tournament in 2012. And unfortunately, they did not qualify for the last tournament in 2019. Cameroon as hosts, you have to always think about them as favorites potentially because they'll be good on home soil and other standout ties from the group stages should be Algeria versus Ivory Coast in group E as well as Tunisia taking on Mali in group F. Also in group B you've got Sadio Mane Senegal playing Nabi Keita's Guinea so that'll be one for the Liverpool observers um, that we have all over the world. In terms of favorites who do we think could be the favorites for this tournament? Um, obviously Nigeria would always have a great chance here we always tend to at least finish in the top three of the tournament whenever we qualify. And I think we have arguably one of the best squads of any team that will be showing up in the tournament, despite our worries with our style of play and going out raw. Algeria, current champions, you can never, ever rule them out. And they're unbeaten competitively in about three years. So they would definitely start the tournament as the favorites outright. Um, but you just never know with AFCON because there's always a surprise. Senegal also look very, very strong. They've got a very, very good team in a lot of positions. Um, they were the runners-up in the last tournament, and they've got a very, very confident setup in terms of continuity with Aliou Cisse continuing to be their manager. Cameroon as host would also be favourites. You can never, you can never ever rule out the hosts because they're just the hosts. Like home, you can't rule out home advantage. Although we don't know whether with COVID supporters will be allowed to come into the stadiums. 
Also, Ghana, I think their record, you have to consider them one of the favorites too. Other favorites that could potentially do well in the tournament, Egypt, you can't really rule them out, despite what I said about their team. If you've got Mo Salah, you've got a chance. Ivory Coast, I mean, if you've got a front line with Pepe, Zaha, Sebastian Haller, you always have a chance. So Ivory Coast have a very, very good team. Um, Tunisia, very, very solid team that's gone under the radar. Um, they'll be right there or thereabouts with um, the big boys. And they've got a relatively favorable draw as well. And also, you can't really roll out Morocco because they tend to always qualify well and have quite a good team, including Hakim Ziyech of Chelsea. In terms of teams that could spring a surprise, Mali. Mali have looked very, very good in qualification. Um, so watch out for them. Um, they've also got quite a few good players in their ranks. Guinea with Nabi Keita and a few others could always look good. Gabon, as I already mentioned, with Aubameyang and Buanga, you always have a chance. Burkina Faso are also one of the teams that could spring a surprise. They've got Lassina Traore, who was at Ajax and has now moved to Shakhtar Donetsk. He's got about six goals in 15 games, so really, really good record. And they've got Bertrand Traore of Aston Villa as well, so you can never rule them out. So, yeah, those are the teams that I think could spring a surprise. As a Nigerian, where do I think Nigeria should finish? I think the aim has to be to win the tournament always. Um, but as a bare minimum, we have to finish in the top three of the tournament, which we always tend to do anyway. In terms of crucial players for the tournament, from a Nigerian perspective, Victor Sime is key to anything Nigeria is going to do. He was our top scorer in qualifying and was also the top scorer in the entire qualification round for all the CAF teams with five goals alongside Pats and Dakar, even though he was injured for a few of the other games, including the return leg against Sierra Leone. So a lot of our hopes would lay on Victor Osimez's shoulders. In the last Africa Cup of Nations, he was back up to Odioni Gallo, so he didn't really get on the pitch that often. So I'm sure he'll be keen to prove that he can own this stage. Also, we're Fred Ndidi. There's no Nigeria team without Wilfred Ndidi in terms of being our best lineup. So Ndidi's going to be crucial in the middle of the park for us. Kelechi Anacho, he was dropped for the last Africa Cup of Nations due to poor form. So he'll be keen to make amends in this tournament as well. Trust Ekonk, who just made his debut in the Premier League and also has Serie A experience, will be crucial for us in the middle of defense. Um, it's hard to tell who's going to be his centre-back partner at the moment, but we know for a fact Ekong will play. Um, whoever partners Ndidi in the middle of the park as well will be very, very crucial, whether that is Jaribo or Franco Yeka or Tebo, because we're going to need to make sure our spine is very, very solid. Samuel Chukweze had a great, great Africa Cup of Nations in 2019, also scoring a crucial goal for us against South Africa. So he'll need to bounce back and make sure he sorts out his club form so he could play well for us. And also in goal, we've got Maruka Okoye. So compared to 2019, where we had Francis Zoho who was not necessarily playing for a top side at the pro at that time, but still did okay. You could say maybe he was at four for the Mahrez goal in the semifinals, but I think that's a bit harsh, to be honest. Um, but now that we have a player playing in one of the better leagues in Europe, Madagal Kui would be very, very crucial as our goalkeeper going into the tournament. Who do I think a potential dark horses to break into the squad for January? We know Grenoble has a pretty settled side, so there's not going to be that much hope for people to break into the squad right now. But I think Franco Yeka has a very big chance. He's got one cap to his name for the Super Eagles, but he's moved to Brentford and had a spectacular debut um, for Brentford against Arsenal. So if he continues his patch of form going into January, I see no reason why he will not be caught up into the squad. The same goes for Emmanuel Dennis at Watford. He had a great start to his Premier League career, scoring one on his debut. And if he could keep up that form, he could be very, very hard to ignore 
even though we already have Osime, Kelechi Anacho, and Polonuachu as our three strikers. Iwala, he signed for Esperance in Tunisia. I think it's a bit of a dark horse, um, but we know with the clamor of, I guess he's no longer home base, so he might not be in there. But with our right wing, we probably need, there's still places up for grabs in terms of the backup to Chukweze, so he could break in. And also Michael Olise, we know he was put in the provisional squad once. So if we see him in the provisional squad once again, um, he may be someone who could break to the squad if he's decided to switch his international allegiance to Nigeria, of course. And in terms of the starting lineup for the tournament as at today, who would I play for Nigeria? Maruka Okoye in goal for sure. He definitely, definitely has to play. Um, right back, I think it's a toss-up between Ola Aino and Ibuehi, who are both going to be starting their Serie A careers, I mean seasons this weekend. So watch out for that. Ekong will definitely start as vice-captain. He will either play with Balogun, who he has the most experience of starting with, or you could see Kevin Akpoguma break in there to start as his centre-back partner. Zedu Sanusi should continue at left-back, even though he's about to lose his place for Porto, as they've just signed Wendell from Leverkusen. And Didi and Aribo have been the trusted pair for Grenoble Rose so far, so there's nothing to suggest that that would be broken up anytime soon. So I'd expect them to start right now. Samuel Chukweze will continue to start on the right wing, and Alex Iwobi would definitely start either on the left wing or maybe with Moses Simon also playing. Um, either him or Moses Simon in the left wing. Based on the NHL's form towards the end of the season, I think he's going to be hard to not start in the Nigerian team. So he would start as a secondary striker, and we will have Victor Osime up front as our main number nine goal-getter. So that's pretty much the preview of the Africa Cup of Nations and what we can expect. Obviously, Nigeria they carry last time. I really, really think we need to go for our fourth Africa Cup of Nations title. But let me know what your thoughts are. And hopefully, come January, we will do the nation proud. But before that time comes, we've got World Cup qualifiers to focus on. So we wish the team all the best. And up, Super Eagles. Take care. And next week, I'll be bringing you the updates based on all the weekend's fixtures um, from all the top leagues, especially as Serie A starts. And we'll be hoping to see Victor Simes start very, very brightly. Thank you. Thank you.